mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Today's guest is Bruce Trout. Bruce is a coach at Starting Strength Columbus under PEA and the team over there in Ohio. Um, Bruce is a guy who Ina was pushing me to have on the podcast because Ina has a tendency to push relentlessly on things. Um, and I hear she actually pushed you pretty hard to join us and become a coach. But we'll talk about that later. I wanted to start out with your um, your story. You know, what, what yeah. the, one of the in- most interesting things about you is you're one of these guys who uh, makes the rest of us feel like lazy pieces of shit because you're in the <laughs> gym um, as an amputee, you know, with, with one leg um, and a prosthetic doing heavy, difficult stuff, not complaining, getting it done. Um, so that's, that's something I want to share with the group, just, just your, your mindset and where your head's at. And, um, before we get there though, I do want to talk about the accident for those that haven't read Bruce's article, harder to kill. We will link to that in the description on startingstrength.com. Um, Bruce, would you mind starting with breaking down exactly what happened that day? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if I start to ramble, just cut me off. I tend to do that. But, uh, uh, 2019, November 22nd, um, at the time I was living up, uh, Northern Ohio. So, but I was on my way to work early morning, sun hadn't come up yet. And, um, just as I was about to get onto the highway to, to the main stretch of the road, I saw uh, an accident. So I don't know for sure. I was about 60 yards ahead of me, something like that, but it's a junction. So the, car coming off the highway didn't stop didn't yield t-boned a car that was headed the same direction i was up ahead of me and uh flipped him up flipped him over into the median so um i was already i mean i was close so i kind of sped up it looked pretty nasty so i uh, ran up and i mean i don't have any real training as far as a medic or anything like that but i figured what the hell you know maybe someone you know maybe i can pull someone out if if it need be or whatever and so i ran up and um just started yelling out to him and luckily he was okay um he was like yeah i'm okay actually just call 911 so i'm like hey buddy i can do that no problem so uh turn around to walk back to my truck and um wake up basically in a hospital <laughs> so like a week later so i got uh some young youngish kid i don't know if he wasn't paying attention or just commotion from from the traffic that had kind of by that point stopped because of the accident but uh didn't see didn't see the commotion real well slammed on his brakes locked him up got into the median hit me and then it propelled me into the car that had flipped over mm. And so my, um, it's a, I mean, it's a bit blurry on some of the details exactly, but the pretty sure he must've hit me in my leg, my left leg. Mm. And then also that leg was just slammed into the back window of the uh, truck that was rolled over. So compound fractures up my leg. Uh, I think there were three and then, uh, the glass, as I went through the glass, it 
severed my femoral artery and then uh yeah just jacked me up pretty bad so jesus and then uh luckily there was a medic off duty that had stopped essentially the same time i did um and so she got a she got clipped a little bit as well from the car but was managed to you know she was okay by and large so she got a tourniquet on me and then um luckily the state patrolman wasn't too far behind and they got a tourniquet on me mm-hmm. and uh life flighted me up to uh well they amb- ambulanced me to the local hospital where i was just you know pouring blood so they're like well we, we need to get a chopper in here and got me got me stable enough to take the ride up to uh toledo uh, and then i was in a medically induced coma for about a week whoa and then um came out uh, so i got hit on a friday came out on a friday came out on the next Friday, still pretty groggy, but Saturday I was kind of awake and picture was becoming a little more clear and realized, you know, missing my leg or whatever there. So, and, um, but yeah, then I spent the next five weeks in the hospital recovering and then, and then went home. So yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. That's a harrowing story. I, I want to, uh, divert to a couple of points there to make, um, a few suggestions to those that are listening so we can avoid <laughs> avoid future tragedies as much mm-hmm. as possible um man good for you for stopping to help you know that's uh yeah. that says a lot about you when there's not a whole lot of time to think and someone's hurt and needs your help you didn't you didn't uh, hesitate to jump in that's admirable um i do want to mention something that you may be aware of now and uh, uh a lot of people are not aware of i just went through emt training um this past summer we're recording this in December of 2022. <clears throat> um, the you cannot pass your test as an EMT because um, there's a you know like there's a platform exam to become an SSC. There's a, a practical exam to become an EMT too, and you have to um, walk up to a mock trauma situation and or or mock medical situation. It ends up being both, um, and then assess what's going on and resolve the issue based on your assessment of the situation. So you cannot pass this test if you arrive on the scene and fail to do one thing, which is make sure the scene is safe. Make sure the scene is safe. Um, So the reason I mention this is because for those of you that have a big heart like Bruce and you wanna help, (laughs) um, I think that is is an excellent, um, that is an excellent inclination and we need more people like you. I just want to encourage everybody that if you ever see anything uh, where you need to go help and be a good Samaritan, please put your own personal safety first and do not enter yeah. the scene unless the scene is safe. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to mention is the tourniquet. Bruce, were you were you awake? Were you? Do you remember um, after being hit by the car at the, on the scene? So tech, I was technically awake, but I don't. I, I only have two very, very brief memories mm. um, that, yeah. So, and, uh, but I was talking to the, to the girl, right. to the EMT. So, but Isn't that I don't remember any of it. Yeah. She, she <laughs> which believe it or not, I, I just kept saying my leg hurts. Yeah. My leg hurts, bro. And a terrifying and, uh, one, I have to say, because that femoral artery has some serious blood pressure behind it. And, uh, oh, bro, you can, yeah. you can, uh, yes, it's not good. You can, you know, all that, all that, uh, that human juice needs to stay inside your body for the thing to keep ticking. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, well, she was sorry. She was, she was saying how she was pretty sure I was going to die. Yeah. So. 
like when she got it wrapped around me, she she told us obviously later we had met up with her. My wife and I met up with her. Um, she was pretty much at that point like just looking for my wallet because she figured I was going to die and wanted to figure out if I had any next to kin or a wife or anything. So because in her experience, it's like I this doesn't look good. So. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah, usually not a not a promising situation. So, before we go any further, hey man, I'm glad you're here, and uh, yeah, thanks, I'm sure buddy. <laughs> your wife and your daughter are too. So, congratulations. Yeah, I I think my daughter my daughter just turned three, so um, you know, still too young to to really have any kind of understanding or or grasp of that. But yeah. uh, in a handful of years, I think you know she'll really be like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, when she realizes what you went through. Yeah. All right. So one one more point on safety and protocol, and then let's get back to the, the normal scheduled programming here. Um, keep in mind, I'm, I'm a theorist when it comes to this stuff, because I've only been on the ambulance three times so far. So you can take what I'm saying here as what is in the official guides when EMTs are trained, and I have not pressure tested these concepts in the, in the field. Um, but another concept is if you need to stop a bleed and you need a tourniquet, do not use a makeshift tourniquet. A makeshift tourniquet could actually increase bleeding. This is, again, this is the theory. I'm not talking from experience here. <clears throat> um, so I just want to mention that because the official training that we go through indicates that, uh, well, first of all, Jesus, why not carry a, a tourniquet in your car? Carry two for, for sure. situations yeah. just like this, right? And when yeah. you apply that fucking thing, it has to hurt. It's got to be yeah. unbelievably tight. You need yeah. to close off the flow of blood, regardless of how much that person is writhing in pain because you're trying to save their yeah. ass. Um, yeah, I believe this gal that stopped the EMT tried to use like a makeshift seatbelt. And um, I, I don't, you know, obviously I have no clue what happened, but hopefully it helped. I just wanted to mention that in case anyone else is um, in a similar situation and in case this uh, inspires somebody to go out and buy a pair of tourniquets and just keep them in your door panel, you know? Well, and I would say to get a couple tourniquets, get a reflective vest yep, and get a couple road flares. Yes. Um, the reflective vest for sure you know in a case like this uh most of the time you're not going to be dressed to be outside like that in the dark yep. you know you're, you're just going about your day at work whatever so have a vest on you uh so that you can just pop it on real quick i mean would it have changed uh the outcome for me i don't know but at least it improves the chances to so do it you know take sure. care of it and, sure. and they're not they're not expensive and they're easy to get so yeah i think um, i think everybody yeah. that cares about this topic should go on amazon right now um last i checked you can't buy flares on amazon i don't know if it's an explosive thing or because they're so heavy or whatever but probably you yeah. have these little circular battery powered flashing discs mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly so if the scene isn't safe but you can make the scene safe that's useful um and then buy those pairs of tourniquets and take a class, you know, go down to uh, see Nick one of these days and do a lift, lift, shoot, fight thing. I'm not sure if he's doing medical stuff yet, but if he's not, he knows the guys that are. So take take a class in your in your area and learn this stuff. It's useful. Um, I actually carry an AED. It's twelve, thirteen hundred bucks, but it's a little box that's in my truck. And if somebody uh, goes into cardiac arrest, um, you know, I can yeah. potentially defibrillate them on 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 site. No ambulance required, right? So, um, if you've got, if you've got the cash for that and you've got a bunch of at risk people that you live with, um, well, I mean, and with car accidents, it's like, everybody's at risk. You know, you want to talk about exactly. risk assessment. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out about all this low risk stuff. And I won't mention any specific C words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like driving's dangerous, man. Driving's the real super dangerous, fucking risky thing that we do every day here, you know? 
Um, <clears throat> well, Bruce, thank you for sharing the story, man. And um, I want to I want to go back. I want to I want to get a peer into your mind. I, I'm interested in strong willed people, um, people that when faced with adversity, their inclination is to is to keep moving forward. It's this, it's this military quote, right? I'm not sure who, who to attribute this to. It's uh, if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, mm -hmm. um, can you can you take us back to what was going through your mind once the uh, the cobwebs cleared and you woke up in the hospital? What what were you thinking and where was your head at? Well, it's the it's pretty crazy actually because um, I woke up um, strangely aware of what was happen happening. Um, now some of that is, you know the anesthesia takes some time to wear off. So like I said, I was pulled out on Friday, still out of it, but awake, but way out of it. Saturday, I was still a little, but you know, I was way more present, but I remember just waking up and kind of knowing my leg was gone. Um, almost like, um, obviously I could see that it's gone, but I mean, like I'm covered up. It's not obvious visually that my leg is gone, but I remember waking up and just like, okay, kind of had a good idea of what was going on, knew the leg was gone. You know the big thing so I, I told you i had two very very brief moments of kind of clarity from the time i got hit to the time i woke up a week later there was just two little spots and so one of them was in the uh ambulance um basically told them like well told them literally like hey man i gotta because so my real quick my daughter was born on the third of december wow so i came out of the induced coma on the 29th my and then my wife gave birth so i told the emt you know i'm like hey man i got a wife and a baby on the way don't let me die here and um and then i had a small little interaction with the uh the same guy as he was putting me on the chopper and i remember being like hey buddy you awake i'm like uh, he's like hey man we did it you didn't die man <laughs> i remember just being like appreciate it you know and then passing out and waking up so Oh, there was Jesus this kind of Christ. real weird um, calmness when I woke up. I just kind of, I think there was this, because, I mean, like I said, I, I wasn't, I don't remember, but I was, I kind of feel like maybe I had this, this um, awareness that like I almost died. Yeah. And so just the fact that my eyes were open and seeing my wife. And so, so, you know, I'll tell you, in, at least in my opinion, I don't, no matter how weak willed or strong, when, when you, really understand that you were about to die but then luckily didn't everything is greener man you it's know what i'm saying so huh? so for me yeah so for you know i'd like to think and i maybe to some degree for sure you know i like to think i'm strong-willed or but some of it i just think man when, when you when you don't die it's like fuck, man because i'm not dead whatever else whatever i got now is better than being dead so i'll take it but you know it's just kind of how I grew up, you know, just like you say, you know, you just keep pushing forward and, you know, life is hard. It's harder for some than others. And that's, you know, just kind of how it is and you go through hard things and you just, you just push. And I'll tell you, my, my wife was a big player in that. And, uh, but my daughter, like the, you know, I like to think I'm a, you know, I like to think I'm a, this cool dude so i think yeah, i willed myself to live bro that's really what happened and <laughs> is that true i don't know maybe a tiny bit but i do think knowing my daughter was there yeah. did give me this kind of like oh man i'm not fucking going out today you know so 
Um, that was that was the big big thing. But you know, and then moving forward from that, it was like, well, all of this is going to be documented. My wife and all that, you know, every all the, we're going to have pictures, we're going to have these stories, and so basically, I saw. Basically, I kind of was able to fast forward, you know, 10, 20 years and, okay, what kind of man do I want my daughter to view me as, mm. you know, and, and question. you know, it's uh, not to simplify too much, but it's like, am I just going to, you know, be a pussy and fucking give in and just do nothing? Am I, you know, I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a strong person, man, woman, whatever. And I'm going to push through this because what kind of example do I set for my daughter and now my son? And if, if I just give in, you know, so, so yeah, so that, that was the big thing. And so every, you know, it sucked, obviously I, you know, I really wish I had my leg, but you, you, you just, you deal with it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. you, cause you have an, I have an example to set now for my children. And, and so I, I want them to understand that no matter how bad things can be, you just, pick the stone up and keep walking, yeah. you know, you just carry the burden. So your purpose but I was, for existence goes beyond the uh, personal enjoyment gained from existing. You're, you're existing for something bigger than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me anymore, you know, and it, I, I, you know, I love my wife to death. I do, you know, I don't know, but there was something about my daughter being on the way. Yeah. As much as I love my wife, I still am not totally sure. You know, I think my daughter was really the, you know, because it's like my, my, my wife's an adult. It's going to be rough, but she's capable. Sure. She'll, she can pick, but my daughter can't not have her dad around if I can help it. So you just, you just pick the pieces up and go. Yeah. yeah so man. I'm three weeks so out it was, from, from uh, our daughter coming along. And, uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, dude, it's, it's indescribable. It's it's indescribable for the, for those of you out there that uh, are into this kind of uh, id limbic system primal stuff, you know, doesn't get any better than having a baby. Looking no. at your, wife your first, pregnant. my first, yeah. Oh my god, dude, uh, yeah. it's I incredible. Mean, that changes you. It totally it changes you. You know, um, the the whole you know like whatever you th- your ceiling of importance, right? All of a sudden is like way up here. And oh, all this other yeah. shit is just yeah, it's yeah. like laughable oh, yeah. in comparison. Oh well, yeah. It's, it's, it really is. And you don't, until you, until you kind of get in this, you, you could, people say that all the time and then, but then you, you're experiencing, you're like, Oh yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Like everything changes. And it's like, but yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm ha- I'm congratulations, buddy. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun, man. It's yeah. tough. It can be very tough, but dude, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love my, my daughter. I love my son. It's, it's the best, man. Good it's the best. Man. I'm so glad you're here and, and that your kids get to benefit from you raising them. Um, let me ask you when you decided to start the rehabilitation process and what you were thinking, what your options were, what you ended up doing and why. So, you know, (laughs) I'm a meathead in by and large. So, you know, my first thought was like, fuck, I lost like 25 pounds in here, man. I'm a skinny punk now. Like (laughs) took all that time to gain some muscle. Now, you know, now I'm sitting in this damn bed for six weeks. So, um, you know, they, they hooked me up with physical therapy, but well, so I'll, 
just some context quickly. That's the most starting almost, strength shit ever. How much weight did I just lose? <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I was pissed, man. I'm a small guy. I'm a small guy. You know, hopefully we'll have the, uh, you know, we'll, I'll have the pleasure of meeting you in person sometime. But I'm I'm a, I'm a tiny dude, man. I'm the exact insect ant that Rip complains about, you know. And so I was milk, every, you know, gallon of milk a day for fucking just trying my best. And I finally was walking around, at a, you know, feeling pretty good. And then this happens and I dropped like 25 pounds. But um, the, you know, they, they, oh, so for some quick context. So I was pretty much unscathed otherwise. I broke my collarbone, but it broke in a position where there was literally no loss of function or it didn't hurt, didn't cause me any pain. So outside of the left leg being just, you know, totally destroyed, my knee totally destroyed, um, the rest were just some scrapes. So I was able to, um, get after it pretty much right away and so they hook you up with physical therapy and the the people there were great uh a lot of appreciation for them and and but they didn't do anything really you know and sure. and in, in my particular it just it didn't really didn't do too much of anything they gave me a little bit of mobility in my knee back but you know so but, but i kind of knew right off the bat like all right i can't squat and i can't stand up yet it takes a took about uh so i was out of the hospital like six weeks on the dot and then it took another six weeks before i got my prosthetic something like that roughly so did they say so the femur? this is a below the knee amputation yeah below the knee oh, okay. they, also, so that yeah they yeah. yeah they thought they were gonna have to take it all the way up the hip but um you know more good news. I don't know. Chocolate milk, man, saved my life. I think because I was just pounding it, trying to gain weight right away. I'm like, dude, I got to get some weight on. I know I'm coming. I don't want to come out of here too light. But they ended up saving it from the knee down, so it worked out really well. Um, you know, it, best situation. You know, given given the circumstances, is about the best way it could have turned out. Yeah. So I've got got just below the knee, and I lost, my knee was knees destroyed. A very limited mobility, but I've gotten enough now to where I can walk fairly normal. But mm. but I. Knew I wasn't going to be able to do squatting or deadlift or anything. I was hopping around with a walker. Mm. and um, But I'm like, but I can bench. And I could probably do some seated shoulder press and do some shit, you know, whatever. So, um, and then, so I got out into the gym and uh, just tried to do something, you know. And so when I, I was, I think I was benching, I think I benched 280 uh not long before the accident and then i could barely move the bar like you know after i got back home but i'm oh, like wow. whatever i do something i mean i'd lost so much strength it was that extreme you couldn't bench the bar it was crazy i wow. mean i could bench it but it was like it was a struggle it was yeah. a really it was tough man so but um but yeah i just started going to work out in the gym mm -hmm. benching seated presses and nick delgadillo um fucking love that guy hit me up early um he's like hey man just because i had worked with him a handful of years before online coaching mm. and so uh, we had a little bit of a relationship and he's a great dude so uh he hit me up and he's like hey man i want to help you out i want to help coach you or whatever you know just just hit me up when you're ready and uh let's let's see what we can figure out so um but i until i got my prosthetic i was just benching trying to do some chin-ups, trying to do some seated press, all very lightweight, but just trying to get something going. Um, and um, that started coming back pretty quick, actually. Mm. So I started gaining weight, 
muscle came back pretty quick and started getting the hang of things again. Um, and then basically as soon as I got my prosthetic, um, I was like, all right, I can press, I could deadlift or rack pull. So let's see how that goes. Did you and, need uh, the whole time to, to um, get it to particular type of prosthetic or is it just any prosthetic? I mean, since, you know, your, your knee joint is intact, um, as long as it's something that roughly puts your other foot in line with the prosthetic, you're good to go. Yeah. So the, you would need, so I, I qualified for the, for the most active prosthetic. Um, so that was a, that was good, but it's just a general, it's, it's not an athletic. So, you know, you'll see like the Pistorius do or what you'll see the big blades. So those, you know, they make them for running in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, but mine is not for that. So the, when you're doing low impact, like strength training is a great example of that. You don't really need anything in particular. Um, you just, the one you wear every day is fine. Cause you're not really running around and everything. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just, the one they fitted me with, it was, um, the best one that I could get, like the best one anyone could get. It's top of the line. It's titanium. And, um, yeah, well, stainless steel, uh, stainless steel, um, uh, hardware. And then it, the, the socket itself is just carbon fiber. Mm. And then, uh, the foot is carbon fiber. Um, but yeah, it's pretty basic. I mean, because I have the knee, it's it's a good thing that I have the knee is it simplifies the prosthetic mm -hmm. tremendously. You know, you don't worry about any real joints and there's no ankle joint. So um, my, you know, deadlift is a little more like a straight leg, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty well there, but. So there's um, zero flexibility where the foot meets the bottom of the prosthetic. Is that right? Not, a, not exactly zero, okay. but it's not a joint. It's just, um, well, it's just a smaller version of the big blades you would see like an Olympic uh, athlete run with a, so a Paralympic. It, so it it's just a very small version of that. So it flexes. Yes, exactly. So the carbon fiber flexes some, um, but it, it doesn't, it certainly is, is nowhere near an ankle. Got it. So, but it, but it gives you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just started doing rack pulls, doing seated press, eventually started standing press. Um, what was your first rack? Got back to benching. Oh, I think I pulled, uh, well, I started with just the bar, but that was fairly easy. I think 95 pounds. Tell, something like walk that. me through that. Do you remember that moment when you're, uh, you're sitting yeah, dude, there, it's, new, new Bruce, right? You're out of the hospital. Yeah. You're all stitched up. You've got your shiny new prosthetic. You're like, all right, cool. I get to lift again. I'm a meathead. Great. Yeah. And you're about to go yeah. pull that first set of rack pulls. What's, what's going through your mind? It's, it's, it's like, um, it's, it's like the, you, you know, it's just like anything else. I think where you have a vision of what you want to happen, but as much as you want it to happen and as much as you think it's possible, you're still not sure if it's actually going to come to be. And so you're like, I know I can do this. Should be fine. No problem. But it's like, but what if this thing breaks or what if some crazy shit? Or I don't know. What if my knee goes out? You know, because sure. so it was just like liberation, you know, freedom. Nice. Where it's like, okay, I'm, I have some semblance now of, you know, my leg is not here anymore. But now it's like, okay, but I'm not hindered by it. Right on. You know, there's just that kind of uncertainty leading up to it, I think, where it's like, yeah, I've got the prosthetic, but but how much can I really build back and get back to some semblance of who I was before the accident? And sure. so, and I mean, I pulled like, I think probably I might have even pulled just above the knee, you know, it was mm -hmm. very, nothing crazy, but it was just still like, okay, 
you know, that first step. Now I know. And it's just like the NLP. You know, you do that one, the first one, and then it's like, okay, we'll just add a little bit, add a little bit, add a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Nick was your coach? Yeah, Nick was helping me out, um, working me through. And I mean, some of it was not, you know, it wasn't terribly complicated stuff, um, given my limitations, but it was good to have him just kind of, you know, if if for nothing else, honestly, just to kind of give me support, you know, having somebody there that, is an amazing coach knows knows what they're doing on every level and um just to kind of keep me moving you know because it was mostly upper body of course so um it's like i said i can't i can't squat and um so it was just it was rack pulls and some deadlifting eventually but a lot of it was like okay well how can i program lifting like basically every day Mm. like upper body Mm. because we had fucking covid that going on so I'm like sitting at home and I'm like, just antsy Jones and man, you know, I'm like, I got to do something, you know? So I'm like, Nick, can I just lift like basically every day, dude? <laughs> because I'm, I just, I can't sit here all day. Yes. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, he helped me just, you know, mitigate fatigue, but just get jacked up top, man. You know, that's what it's all about now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was great. He was, he was, uh, just as you know, you know Nick. He's, he's but he's he's a great guy and just a wealth of knowledge and Never just was an amazing resource. Like, that fucking Nick, man. Just, just no, no, <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely not. Yeah. Man. So, so yeah, it was. Uh, so that's what I did. I just went out to my cold garage uh, with a fucking beanie and a hoodie on and just got after it every day and and tried to just build back as best I could and um, and I, and and did so quite effectively. I have to say, without being too arrogant. So, and a lot of that is Nick just kind of helping me out and, and keeping me going. And you putting in the work. Can you walk me through how you progress and how long that took roughly and what, what you were going through along the way, pain, um, uncertainty, hiccups, whatever happened to occur? Uh, yeah. So the upper body came back, um, pretty quick. Um, I let's see. I did um, so. Like I said, so I I weighed about so before the accident. I weighed about one forty five. I'm like five foot. I'm like five foot three. Five so three. I am still small, but just I'm not like six feet at least. Sure. But uh, so and I was so I benched about I benched two eighty at about one hundred forty two. Damn. And so just benching the bar was a bit of a shot to the ego, but. That actually came back uh, relatively quick and uh, before I even had my prosthetic because I remember hopping around on one leg, loading up the big the big wheels. I was back to bench at 135. Um, so that came back within four or five weeks probably. Mm. And um, same with seated press, pressing like 115, something like that within the first six weeks or so. Seated's awkward, um, isn't it? It's, uh, the balance is really well, weird. It, it is awkward, and when you only have one leg to, to mm. support yourself with, mm-hmm. it is, it's really tough. So, but you know, we I rigged it up, got this, I was basically pressing from the safeties mm. so that there was, I didn't have to unhook, it just go straight up. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was tough, that was tough, but I think it probably helped, you know, helped a little bit of stability work and just kind of little shit like that, whatever, not whatever, but um and then uh, once I got the rack pull, once I was able to start rack pulling, um, I was pretty eager. So I started pulling from the floor pretty quick. I would say probably 
<clears throat> probably within like two weeks. Once I once I knew I could pull it and put some pressure on the leg and it was going to be okay, I just figured, what the hell? Let's just pull from the floor and you know get get to work. So, um, but by summer of 2020, um, you know, I was pulling uh, low 200s off the floor, uh, benching in the low 200s. Um, pressing somewhere in the 125 to 135 range, uh, standing press. I'd worked my way back to standing, felt comfortable doing that. Nice. Um, weighted chins, weighted dips, you know, stuff like that. But it came, it, it came back pretty quick. And then, so within a, within the year, um, I benched 300 for a single. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Well so yeah, it was crazy. It was like, how the hell did I, my bench was stronger after I lost my, it didn't seem to make sense. But, and then, uh, so, so within a year or so I was, uh, benching up into the high two hundreds and then, um, I did an online meet the spring of 21 and I pulled 315 off the floor. Hell yeah. What were you deadlifting so, prior to the wreck? Heaviest deadlift, uh, heaviest deadlift I had was 385. Got it. Cool. So you're right, you're right back. On um, track. Yeah, so I mean, I now it's, I I haven't I I don't pull a ton. It 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 was beating up my leg. So the, as the as I get further and further removed, my leg atrophies slowly over time, mm-hmm. and so I can't quite handle as much of the heavy pulling. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, puts a lot of stress on my on my limb, mm-hmm. um, and there's just not a lot I can do to really negate that. But but you know, but I mean, I pull a little bit for fun. Pulled two fifty five the other day, just kind of dicking around and went up fine. So it's like, all right, sticks around. But gotcha. I still bench, that's for sure. Yeah, bench yeah. and press, man. And do what you can. <laughs> We've got a guy who yeah, man, absolutely. We'll feature on the channel eventually, Greg, um, who broke his neck when he was a kid, and he's a to- total wild man. Hasn't slowed him down at all. He still walks on a cane, hobbles into the gym, benches mid twos, um, yeah. rack pulls with someone standing behind him, and just uh, just nothing's going to stop him, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about, man. <clears throat> what, what is, how do you feel physically? How, how have things changed for you? Are you, uh, are you pretty much back to normal? Don't notice it most days. Is it like a major impediment to day-to-day life? Um, curious if you could reflect on that. And also we're starting strength fits into that picture and how things might be, um, without starting strength for, for, you know, getting your strength back. Well, I'll start quick with just the starting strength. So I, one, I don't believe I would have lived without starting strength. No shit. You know, like, oh, no way. Because, I mean, now and maybe there was some hyperbole in it, but Doc was like, you know, he, he and I were talking before one of the surgeries, um, I think probably two and a half weeks into the hospital. And uh, and I'm just kind of shooting the shit with him or whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah, man, my legs are pretty strong, man. I really wish I wouldn't have lost that one. They were starting to look pretty good, you know, just kind of dicking with them or whatever. And he's like, yeah, man, you know that they, they look pretty good, bud. You know, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, it's good. They are too, because it probably would have ripped your whole leg off. Oh, so because, so, um, I've always been a gym bro to some degree, but I was, I was your typical gym bro. And I wasn't squatting before I found starting strength. Sure. So well, I found, you know, I wasn't doing any of that shit. So I was, time. so I found starting strength in like, uh, I think it was late 2015 and really, really got into it where I had the equipment and everything uh, in the spring of 2016. But, um, you know, I added like 250 pounds to my squat. So over, 
you know, two and a half years. So like the, the size of my thighs were just, you know, they're not huge now, but relative to where they were, cause I was just a little, you know, a little ant insect. Yeah. They, you know, added several inches to the, to the size of them. So, um, you know, he was pretty certain if they weren't as, you know, cause they were, you know, they're pretty dense, muscular build, whatever. If they weren't that way, it probably would have ripped my leg off and oh, there's no way I would have survived bleeding out. So as far as starting strength is concerned, just there's no doubt in my mind that that putting that work in and getting strong did it like that, that kept me from, from dying for sure. So, and it's funny because, you know, I'd always, my wife would be like, man, you, you know, you kind of taking this lifting serious, you know? And I'm like, look, baby, I just, I'm trying to be harder to kill. And then of course, there my, you, you know, loud, my loud mouth shooting off. Well, there's your, <laughs> there you go, man. It's the proof is in the pudding, I guess. Just so. like I said, but <laughs> just like I said, baby, this is all part of the plan. So, uh, so yeah. So as, as far as pre-accident, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if I, if I were the same guy walking around in 2019, that I wasn't 2015, I wouldn't have made it. Mm. And as far as the rehab, you know, the it's just a total game changer mm. because i spent i think i spent uh 12 weeks in physical therapy uh, i'd go twice a week and it was it was good like i said they were they were really good people and they were doing the best they could and in fairness to to those involved my situation was um fairly like random or fairly um novel like mm. most of the people that get in it that have an amputation like this are older and it's like diabetes mm. or something like that mm. so the trauma and then it's all very and to be young and in a pretty good shape and so it's all kind of a weird situation it's pretty rare so i think in some ways they weren't really even sure exactly what to do right but at the end of the day like the physical therapy, the really what I got out of it was I got a, I, they wouldn't massage me oh, yeah. when I it went in. Nice. So that was that was yeah that was good. Sure. But other than that, I didn't really get in get a whole lot out of it. And so the you know getting back and getting under the bar again, like not only did it build me up and build my strength up and and get me to where I could balance and feel comfortable walking around, but mentally like just building back that confidence and kind of knowing that you know this is brutal but it's not the end of the world you know you will Damage figure it out and you're destroy, still able to right yeah exactly yeah. so but um yes yeah, it's, it's it was uh it's just a game changer man being, being strong is uh you know you read the words in the book you go through the program you know, you do some yard work, you're like, hell yeah, being strong is good. But you, you know, when you get into a situation where like being strong is literally what keeps you from dying. Yeah. You really kind of realize like, oh yeah, okay. Being strong is pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this, this the, the program, you know, everything is that Rip and Steph and Baker and all these people have put together. I mean, save my life. Man. You ever watch you know? an email from a triggered member podcast? Does that ring a bell? Uh, I don't know. There was a, there was a, there was a uh, 
almost said the city. There was a, uh, a member from a gym who wrote in and said the quote on the wall, stronger people are harder to kill and more useful in general was triggering for her. And she did not, <laughs> she ended up quitting the gym. <clears throat> Glad we're going to have this episode up. Yeah. The next time we yeah, hear good for her. like that, we'll just send them a link to this. And, and I just want to yeah. make the point while we're on the topic that, um, being alive is not safe. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> you might die prematurely. You might get, uh, traumatically injured prematurely. Um, you might get a minor injury and, uh, you might be a little bit hurt. All sort of things can and will happen. We all know this. The reason I, I mention this is because in 2022, we're not exactly the hardest people that have ever lived throughout history in this culture. Um, nah, come on, man. And I don't say that to shit on anybody. I say that to motivate those that are listening that sometimes make excuses for themselves. You know, like, yeah, I just don't feel great yeah. today. Like, uh, kind of busy. Mm, tweak my shoulder. Um, the, you know, there's a way to work around the stuff and to train. If you don't know what the way is, you can get some help. But right. um, if Bruce can be in a coma and uh, lose a leg and come out of physical therapy and then immediately test his new leg on a rack pull, um, the next time you're complaining about how cold it is outside, you don't want to drive to the gym. I would like you to keep that in mind, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was doing that in a gym without heat. So right. don't tell me it's too cold to drive. My ass was out in fucking thirty degree weather, ten degree weather, whatever it was. But, but and it's that's good because the other thing too that I always like to kind of, I'm no special entity, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not some rare breed of just this like top one percent physical just monster. I'm just some dude. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of a big thing to really and to your point in as well but that's a big thing that really pushed me into to trying to see if i could make a career out of coaching because it's like i'm just some dude man mm -hmm. it's not me that it's not, it's not i don't i don't think there's anything special about me it's just i chose to try and get strong i followed through with it as best i could i got stronger and relative to where i was i got significantly stronger mm -hmm. and that's what kept me here. You know, it's not, it's no special secret sauce. It's no, you know, it's, it's nothing like that. It's just hard work you put in, you stick with it. And then when shit hits the fan, you're ready to deal with it. That's right. You know, at least better than you could have otherwise. And, but I, yeah, I wish I could disagree with your assessment of the, of the current state of things, but I don't. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because it's easy to get caught up, I think, in that, oh, it's cold or I'm tired today. But it's like, like you say, man, like life is just so quickly gone. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and it could be just snapped so, so quickly from you that you, you, you literally, like, I, if I had died that day, I would have never seen it coming, would have never known that it was there. It would have just been, I'm on the phone, 911, and then gone. Lights out. And, 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 and it, it's all right. And so, you know, it's like, and I'm not perfect necessarily with it, but it's really changed. Like no day is guaranteed, man. Today is the day. There's no other days. So 
use today, enjoy the day, be with your family, but get ready because the, the, it's inevitable. Something's going to happen. The diff, you know, the only diff, the only question is of what magnitude, but sure. something will happen. So be ready as best you can for it. And um, plus, look, get jacked, man. Look good. What's Why not? A nice little side effect. Yeah, why uh, not? And you know, come on, a couple birds with one stone. Man. Like the physical doesn't matter anymore. That gets oh, yeah. the most amount of hubris. That's your 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 silly primate brain, and it's uh, it's consciousness tricking you into thinking that that's even possible. Um, yeah. And you can do so at your own peril, you know, ignore your physical existence <laughs> at your own peril. Oh, it's crazy. But, um, so, but yeah, so man, why it's... did you become a coach? What, what was the main motivating factor? Well, so the, the more I got, you know, the more I was recovering from lifting. And so I wanted to, I had wanted to be a coach for a while, but you know, I had a pretty good job. I had my baby girl on the way. And so I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to risk, you know, switching up the financial situation for my wife and my suit and my daughter that was going to, so I'm like, you know what, I'd love to coach. I was coaching some friends and some people I'd worked with and had been for a little while and it was a good time. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, I was just, I don't want to, I don't want to risk anything with, with the baby coming. I've got a little more skin in the game now. And, um, you know, maybe down the road, but for right now, I want to make sure everything is set up and taken care of and, and not, not take on too much. I mean, losing the leg first kid, like, okay, maybe I'll just stick with my job for a while and not take off too much, you know, more than I can, more than I can chew. But, um, you know, year and a half or so goes by and I'm training and I'm doing these things and I'm seeing the, you know, prep course and these different things that have been, put out there and i'm like yeah. and then i think it was um well what so i wrote that article for starting strength that you mentioned and i got a lot of good feedback mm-hmm. and um not necessarily on the writing although i did which was nice but i mean just a general kind of you know that was good to hear that was cool it was a, it was a nice little bit of a pick-me-up or whatever and i thought well wh- why not just see if I can make some other people not only inspire them perhaps, but maybe I can actually just play a role, like a, a legitimate role in getting them, making them harder to kill. Mm. And, um, and that was kind of, and you know, things with my, and this kind of answers your last question. Um, the, so I, I, I'm, I'm pretty mobile. I move pretty well doesn't really get in the way of a lot of things in, in my day-to-day situation, but it did affect, you know, I had made my, my career before this and being a, you know, high activity, like nonstop fucking pushing the limit all day at work getting shit done. And, you know, and that was just not really something I could do anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, I, I was sitting at a desk, you know, just, doing odds and end things for the company. And it was great. They were really awesome to me, but um, it was just kind of like, I don't know that I can do this now for the rest of my life, you know? Yep. And um, got in touch with Ina and kind of talked to her and um, she was really, you know, her and I got along and she's great. And she was just, you know, she's, a, she's cheerleading me on, you know, kind of like, you should, you should think about it. You should get in, you know, try it out. You should really think about it. On the spectrum so, of cheerleading uh, to coercion, where did she fall? <laughs> oh man well she's 
So I, she's really good. So I yeah. think cheerleading hundred percent because she probably just tricked me. You know what I'm saying? It was probably off course, but she, she's good at it. So it felt it's like hard she was not just... to, to fall into the, the enthusiasm. She's so, she's oh, so in love with this. It's like, it's incredible. It's, in, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Infectious. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know what? And I talked to my wife and, um, we had, an, we had, you know, several conversations about it. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like, I got, a lot of years left if I'm lucky. And, um, maybe, you know, maybe I was, maybe I was kept here for some, some bigger reasons, you know? And so while I'm here, maybe I can make some other people, you know, stronger, harder to kill and, and improve their life. So, um, so yeah, so I went for it, went for it got in touch with Pete and, um, just a few months before the gym was going to be kind of breaking ground on the gym and, he and I hit it off, and and so kind of the rest is history. You and Pete over there in Ohio, where uh, you yes. guys are building something special. Pete's a hell of a guy. Luke's a hell yeah. of a guy. You've got Mia over there. Uh, oh yeah. Just the, the Ohio situation for starting strength is is in a good spot. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really good, and and our clients are just unreal, man. It's it's awesome. Um, isn't it? Awesome? And it's, isn't it cool the the type of people this thing attracts? It is, man, because, you know, we don't really, I almost, you know, every once in a while, and most of the time it's, it's kind of just some tongue in cheek joking, but you almost never have anybody that's like, man, I really don't want to come in today. Yeah. Certainly not so much so that they just don't come in. Right. You know, they come in they're like, ah, it's 530. Like, ah, it's cold, man. You know, it was raining this morning, like 40 degrees, but they show up. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, you're tired. I'm tired. Who cares? Yeah. You know, get under the Anyways, bar. Let's yeah. get it moving. It'll be good. It'll That'll be go fine. Away. 50 yeah, more reps. Exactly. Away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's incredible, man. And when you, you, you just, you get to build such a, you know, I see these people all the time. I see these people three days a week. You know, I see these people for four or five hours a week, every week. And, um, you know, as you know, the further on you get into the lifting, most of the time you're just resting. So sure. there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, you know, conversation. You get to know these people and um, they're just awesome people, man. And they, they understand the, they understand the benefit of it. And um, they just want to come in and, and get strong. And if we can have a pretty good time while we're doing it, that's a bonus. But uh, yeah, just, the people are awesome. It's incredible. It's incredible. How's your current professional satisfaction situation compared to where it was with the old job oh i love it now i, I will say i mean my last job i worked at a um uh, a components facility so we, we built like roof trusses for new homes and mm -hmm. buildings that was going up uh we just it was all prefabricated in our, in our plant and then we'd ship it on site but so it was just a blue collar you know not, but i will say that job in particular uh was pretty good my managers were amazing oh, people man. i mean they 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 i was not a salaried employee and they never stopped paying me in the hospital damn they, like they they so um now but that's a bit of a that's not the typical situation sure so you know um so the, the people were amazing like give away money no dude it was it was it was incredible and um they gave me 40 hours every week even though I wasn't salary and, and they called my wife and you know, my, my boss and they, they, they were just, they were there, man. They were there. So, um, the people there, 
I mean, it's, it's going to be hard. You know, it's, I don't know that anyone is ever going to be, you know, I love those people. They're great people, mm-hmm. but, but the job itself. Yeah, man. I mean, it's as much as I liked the people I worked for and around and the things I was doing and it was, it was a good job. It, it wasn't really a career and it wasn't really um, a fulfilling um, career at all. It wasn't a fulfilling calling, you know, situation. It was just, it's a good job with good people and I get good money and that's okay. You know, I can do this for a while, but the, you know, but it's, it doesn't really compare at all to watching someone push through something that they thought they wouldn't be able to. Sure. And I see that almost every session Isn't that with satisfying? someone. Oh, it's incredible. Dude. And th- like the best thing is like, the best thing is like, oh man, I didn't think I was going to get that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it, but you did. And it looked great, it looked better than it felt, you know, like, and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this today. And it's like, well, you, you, you will yeah. to just, you know, drive your hips, you'll get it, <laughs> you know? So, and, and watching these people that, you know, I think a lot of, certainly a lot of the clients, a lot of the people I work with, I think they have, um, they have high expectations, but I also think many of them while they have those high expectations, they're still not totally sure that it's actually going to work. So even though they really are expecting a lot, Mm -hmm. when they actually get it, they are still like, they're still skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really, I mean, I I was expecting a lot, but I didn't actually think I'd be fulfilled. Like I didn't actually think you'd meet the standard. And so you, you get these, these clients that are just like, you know, Bruce, uh, when I walked in, I thought I'd get stronger, but I did not think I'd be squatting 280 pounds when I started at like 65 pounds yeah. or a hundred pounds, whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, I know you did, man. And that's all right. And you, Cause and I knew you, you would teach that you know? person that yeah. they're more capable of what they think they are. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, but yeah, it's in the, you know, and then they bring their other family in because you, they, they trust you and you've got this relationship with them. Um, the best thing, I think, well, certainly one of the best, I've got a uh, giant guy in his mid fifties and awesome guy, George, George Rapp, love you, buddy. Hmm. And uh, he comes in and he's putting work in and uh, doing really well. And, you know, to me, one of the, one of the most rewarding things was that he wanted to bring his 18 year old son in. And it's like, you don't do that flippantly. You know, you, you don't do that without trusting and without, you know, believing in, in what we can do here. And so that's been something that I didn't really expect, like foresee, mm. but the generational is like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, training your dad, build a good relationship with him. He's getting nice and strong. And he's like, you know what? I want my son to be strong. Excellent. I want to bring him in and let you work with him. And it's like, and I got another... One of our clients in the same boat. I'll be, he'll be bringing his son in on on Friday for an intro tomorrow for an intro. So I'm like, dude, that's it's awesome, man. So it's it's just you know, and and it's the small things, man, that we we talk about all the time. But it's this quality of life thing. Yep. You know, you client comes in and they're like, you know, six months ago, I would not have been able to carry the mulch bags from my car very well. Yesterday I laid 30 bags <laughs> and, you know, like, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. 
And it's like, that's right, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's it's you know, it's it's easy to get caught up, especially for younger guys and gals, you know, with weight on the bar and that stuff's awesome. But like that's what is like the most to me rewarding. It's like I've made your life outside of here better. The weight you on know, the bar I've, I've helped you. Yeah. I've helped you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and it's that's it's all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's great, dude, but I want you to be able to live your life outside of here doing all the things you want for as long as you possibly can like that's that's what i'm here for so i, I have no so yeah uh, it's particular affinity for the barbell as a tool um if it was a yeah. shoelace that that accomplished these results i'd be happy to to use shoelaces exactly uh, it just yeah, so happens to exactly. be a barbell the barbell is the tool for the job it's the means to the end and if you use that barbell um in the correct way it can it can really impact uh, your day-to-day existence in this meat bucket yeah. we're roaming around the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, last, last question for you. How's your <clears throat> how's your coaching skill coming along? So what's your plan? Are you going to become an SSC? You know, what's your assessment of yourself as a coach? What are your gaps? What are you working on? Just curious where you're at. Yeah, so yeah, the SSC is definitely, that's my target. Um, right now I'm, I'm planning, trying to work out the logistics to go in February mm-hmm. um, to test. Um, but you know, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of always trying to make sure I don't, I mean, I'm trying to always make sure I have a realistic, uh, assessment of where I'm at. Mm. So, uh, sometimes maybe I, I'm a little, uh, harder on myself, maybe than I, I don't know, but certainly I will say in the time I've been here since the gym opened, I have gotten considerably better. So, um, you know, coming in, I knew, I knew the process. I understood, um, the idea, I, I, the mechanics, I understood the, the principles pretty well. It was just, um, the big thing is the coaching eye and, you know, you, you don't gain that without reps. And so, um, that's been the biggest, I think, improvement Mm -hmm. by far is just to be able to truly see depth quickly in these things. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I've got a lot to improve. I think I've got a lot to go. But um, at the same time, I people in here are getting strong and they're looking good. And um, so I am, you know, I'm hesitantly proud of myself thus far. But know that there's there's no doubt I've got a lot to, a lot to go and a lot to learn. But the um, the prep course is really good. And as you mentioned, I'm here. You know, I'm like 40 minutes away from Mia. Sure. And, you know, Mia's like, you know, Mia, she's Mia. So um, that having those resources and knowing, you know, ha- having a good relationship with Nick, so all that stuff. But, um, you know, I'm excited. I, I think uh, my gaps, most mostly it's probably like uh, volume and, and having a deep bag of cues, mm-hmm. you know, since I'm, I'm a quiet kind of mellow guy generally so mia has beaten that out of me you know pretty effectively <laughs> so so that's been good but um platform you know just being able what's oh yeah absolutely yeah. so um but, you know it's easy to get caught up for you know guys like myself who um you know not as experienced haven't been doing it quite as long it's easy to get caught up in the same one or two cues mm-hmm. and, and not really um appreciating how how big of a deal it is to have several ways of saying the same thing Mm -hmm. um you know i was just working with a guy yesterday and 
um, I said, stay bent over on the way up, you know, stay bent over. And he did okay. And I'm like, all right, hips first. But mm -hmm. and so the same thing, mm -hmm. but the hips first was like this Eureka light bulb. And then it was just like, okay, good. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that really made sense. And I'm like, well, it's the same thing I said before, but that's fine. That's good. You'll, it's just, you know, it's, you'll, you'll try it's a good. cue that works for everybody. <laughs> then it just doesn't work for this one person. They yeah, just have no yeah. idea what you're trying to tell them. You no idea, say yeah. the same thing in a different way. They're like, ah, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I will say that uh, everything that the, the prep course and everything that starting strength is doing with um, that you guys are doing with trying to help coaches. Cause I know we need coaches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's been extremely helpful to me. So now uh, you just kind of got to try to put the work in and, but um but yeah, it's, it's been really good and I'm excited for the future. You know, I'm excited for the next couple of years. I think, uh, I've got a pretty good shot, uh, in 2023 of getting certified and, you know, we'll see. I don't want to count on my eggs before they hatch, but, um, but I feel really good about, about what's, what I'm able to, to do in here and just working with these people. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. Well, if, uh, if that's not evidence that life is a roller coaster, I'm not sure what is, but um, I'm <laughs> happy you're sitting here talking to me, smiling, yeah, and uh, yeah, talking bro. about yeah. being optimistic about the future. Um, appreciate you sharing your story, Bruce. Yeah, um, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple things before we go. Uh, I believe Pete's birthday is tomorrow, so please wish him a happy birthday for me from me and the crew. Will do. Um, Absolutely. I would love to hang out with you and have a, a non-recorded conversation. So let's find a way to get that done sometime. We'll uh, yeah, absolutely, have man. a drink, maybe a steak. If you're ever in Boise, that'll be easy. Um, since my little girl's coming, I'm not going to be traveling for a while. But we'll No, no. Enjoy, man. Soak it in. Yeah. Soak it in, man. Yeah, that, that's yeah. This is why this, this episode is not going to come out until April because we pre-recorded for like, you know, several oh, months yeah. <laughs> to give myself Good. a little bit of time yeah. just to focus on my family, you know. Um, that's good, man. Do you plan on catching her? I was asked if I wanted to. I really have no interest. And I think it's because I view the uh, delivery part as still part of the process. And I sure. want I want the baby to, you know, that the APGAR score is like how you determine um, uh, the baby's uh, level of consciousness and response to stimuli and that kind of thing. So I want the baby to come out to be looked at, suctioned if necessary, stimulated as necessary. Uh, fully conscious, fully alert. Um, some of the cyanosis, yeah. like the you know the bluish tint that goes away from lack of oxygen, I want yeah, that yeah. to go away. Right. I yeah. want her to be breathing. And once all that's done, mm -hmm. and the medical professionals um, have gotten <laughs> to that point, I'd be happy to then embrace her. Yeah. And, and take a fair nice enough, deep breath. Until then, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I don't fair need enough. to be involved. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. Yeah. Did you catch your baby? I caught my son. I was uh, unfortunately, I, I I did get down. I'll tell you quick. So. They uh, were not going to let me leave the, so I was in ICU and the nurse overheard my wife and I talking about her being pregnant because she wasn't really showing. My daughter was very small and my wife's a little taller. And so she, they, they didn't, they knew she was pregnant, but didn't know how, how far along. And so my wife's like, yeah, you know, the nurse is like, how far along? She's like, well, technically I'm due tomorrow, but you know, we'll, you know, she's like, what the, f <laughs> like, we got to get you out of the ICU because they're never going to let you get out of the room. And uh, she's like, you're not dying anyway. Let's get you out of here. So they transferred me that night. Uh, pulled some strings. It was incredible. The staff up there, ProMedica in Toledo. But um, so they're like, well, we'll give you an iPad and you could watch. And I'm like, oh, look, come on, just put me in a wheelchair, roll me down. I'm fine. You know, do whatever. And they were real hesitant. We finally talked them into it. And uh, so they're like, well, 
you gotta get you have to get a blood transfusion though first so i'm like you gotta be kidding me so i'm sitting there just watching this shit drip drip drips taking forever and i look back and my wife's OBGYN sitting there relaxed she's like she's ready to go whenever you are we're in no rush so i'm like okay finish they wheel me down and i got down just in time for her to start pushing and uh got to hold her for a little bit they gave me about 60 minutes nurse let me stay down there for about 80 so that was nice but wow. so i got to but my son but i'd planned on catching i wanted to catch wow. uh but obviously that was way too sketchy i'm in a wheelchair and my legs all busted you know like nah no but i did catch my son uh last year so uh and i definitely understand and appreciate your mindset yeah but i will tell you it was it was an unbelievable feeling, man. I should reconsider. It was an unbelievable thing. Well, you should. No, look, you do what you think is right. I don't think there's any wrong choice. But I, I will tell you, both were great. Yeah. Didn't catch my daughter. Got to catch my son. Both were amazing moments. Yeah. Uh, but being there, you know, being there for him, catch pulling him out, being like, this is all right. And and I'll tell you, too, it's very brief. Hold him. He's good. All right. Now somebody make sure he's fucking <laughs> okay. actually good. Baby's yeah. here. Yeah. Please make sure yeah. he's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you, it was a, it was a, it was a magical uh, moment. It yeah. was something very, you know, there's something it was very primal, very like natural. It was like, this is mine. This is my wife's. This is mine. I'm going to, she's pushing him out and I'm pulling him out. Like, let's, let's do this. And so it, I don't think your choice is life, wrong. But, I mean, seriously. Bro, that's, Seriously. Yeah. I mean, going, going I, through I, this I process, watching my wife uh, be pregnant, like I said, everything else just pales in comparison in terms of importance. It feels like this is my reason for existence. This is my purpose for being put on earth. You know, it's just. Dude, I, I, I meet more and more people who are choosing to not have kids. And I just think, all right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you, you're really missing out, man. Yeah. You're really, you're really missing out. And, and that's kind of always my question is like, you know not to be a dick but what what exactly is the purpose of being here then sure like if not to create and to raise and to build strong people to to live on after we're gone like what what are we doing here if not that so and last night i was talking to me. the guys at jiu-jitsu about this um we just finished up the case study for our black belt uh who's been mm -hmm. training starting strength for eight months so that's done now and that'll be a real nice. fun case study but after that after that filming session I was talking to Eric. He's in his early 30s. He's got a long-term girlfriend, and he was asked. He just asked me point blank, "Should I have kids?" And then the coach there, the, the brown belt, he already has. Uh, I think he three kids. So I'm like, "Well, I'm just talking theoretically here, man. I'm talking about how I feel um, before the baby's born." But the, the, it's already changed me. It's changed me yeah. hormonally um, for sure, and it's also changed me in terms of how I see myself and how I, how I, okay, I think you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, how do I want to be viewed by my children? Yeah. And that, that is, uh, when you said that I was sitting there going, yeah, man, that's been on my mind. <laughs> it's yeah. been on my mind. Cause the number one piece of advice I get is that they're not going to listen to what you say. They're going to, they're going to copy what you do. So how exactly. do you conduct yourself? Um, yeah. And, and I say all that to, to just illustrate that it, it occurs to me and, and we'll see what happens once I get, once this, this show starts recording again and I've had a few months as a dad, um, it occurs to me that maybe you can't reach full maturity as a human without that level of responsibility because yeah. it's responsibility that you can't press pause on really. Right. Um, oh yeah. 
<laughs> no, buddy. No, buddy. No, 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 no. Yeah. So once, when it, once when she's it, out, buddy, it's, it's, she's out. Yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. it comes to signing up for hard things and um, most of the grindstone, having priorities, getting things done, not being afraid to work hard, pushing through discomfort, all for a higher purpose. It seems to me that having kids might be the ultimate version of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I know from my own experience, um, and look, man, I love me some me, bro. I do. But there's there's nothing like uh, I, I was not motivated, dedicated, um, all of it. And it's and it's for me, it was like I thought I was there, but but I thought I was kind of like, OK, I'm doing well. I'm I'm really pushing and, and striving for my potential. But it was like I didn't realize that there was this other massive level that. Oh no no no! Now now I've got to do this for my children. There's this whole other level of like no no no. You're not doing anything yet. Like you know and and it, it's just it's it's a total. It's just incredible, dude. It's incredible. And and you're not you know as much as like I, I think I was saying this, something similar earlier. But it's like as much as I love my wife, she's an adult. Mm -hmm. We're we're other people. I'm I'm you know. It's it's not the same. Sure, it's, I love her to death. I would do any. I would do anything. But she can take. She doesn't herself. need me. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't need me. Need me. Like right. she, you know, she might say she. But really, we want each other. Right. We don't. You know. But my daughter needs me. Mm. My son needs me. Mm. And that's just a different level of like, okay, like shit. You know, get your uh, get your chest up, <laughs> carry the burden, do the right thing. You know, and and you know, be the man you want. I want. You know, I want to. Be the man I, that my daughter will someday, you know, the kind of man she'll look for, a good man. So I got to do the right things. I got to show her what a man should do. And I got to show my son, you know, hey, man, life sucks sometimes, but, you know, push through, buddy. It's, you know, life is good. You see the stainless steel, my friend? You'll get through it. That's right. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Ain't shit, man. Ain't nothing. Yeah, man. I, I think you're right. It kind of feels like um, life to date has been the prelims and the main event is right about yeah. to get started, you know? Yeah, man. I'm fired yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, it's, it's, I'm happy for you, man. It's going to be awesome. I am uh, as excited as I've ever been in my entire life. Um, and it's surreal, dude. You trust me. You, it's, it, once you see her, man, you, you, it's, it's, you can't even, you actually can't even realize right now how in love and how excited you're going to be. That, that's the cool thing. You are on cloud nine, hmm. but it, you're still not quite there yet. When you're holding her, man, you're just like, that's what's up. This is, this is even better as good as I thought it was going to be, it's even better. It's it's amazing, man. Good timing on this conversation. This is the day before I start disconnecting a bit. So good, good headspace. Good, to man. Be in. Yes, sir. Thanks for the inspiration. Thanks for telling your story. Um, thanks for being uh, yeah. uh, a solid, admirable type of guy. Um, sure. Yeah, when we when we ever get a chance to hang out in person, let's let's hang out, have a drink, have a long conversation. Um, yeah, if people buddy. want to get in touch with you and say hello, ask questions, connect, follow, whatever. Are you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, hell, I don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce two eight, I think something like that. Uh, but it'd be pretty easy to find me if you get on the starting strength. Um, I think you guys follow me and whatever else, but, um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I'm on social, I'm on Instagram, nothing else, but, uh, and, and any any anyone that ever uh needs anything at all message me on there mm. it's I, my my account is public so 
I, you know, just friend me if you want, don't friend, whatever. But if you, if you want to reach out, whether you're, you know, going through an amputation or something far less, whatever, just hit me up, mm-hmm. hit me up. And, and, uh, because it's not easy, but life was not meant to be. That's so right. you can push through and, uh, you know, and if you need a little bit of inspiration or just someone to kind of be like, man, this sucks. I need someone to talk to hit me up, man. And, uh, and I'll, you know, happy to help out. It's so. not easy, but nobody ever said it was going to be. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, man. Well, I, I have a feeling today's episode is going to help some people. So again, thanks for the time and, uh, yeah. looking forward to meeting you in person sometime. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Bruce. See you, man.